Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. He waits sometimes to do things later rather than in the beginning. And we've been striving to accomplish what God has for us as a body. But I really sense that these, these messages that he is directing me to share with you now um, are pace setting, if you will, for our church. They kind of show where we need to be. So today we're going to uh, go a little bit forward and then I'll just tell you that out of this week we're going to transition we're actually going to begin to outline for you what the climate of our individual lives should be um, and also the climate of this body should be. And we're going to get very specific. So uh, last week I told you that uh, I am convinced. I, I know this is true because it was true for me. I confuse climate with weather. And I had this uh, come to Jesus moment because... Uh, just to be straight up and honest with you, I have been railing against uh, what I see around me and even sometimes in me only to come to this realization that I was railing against and complaining about weather while I refused to deal with climate. Climate is what dictates weather. Climate is what sets the pattern of weather. Climate empowers what you in Oklahoma you don't have hurricanes because the climate is not conducive for hurricanes thank you Jesus but it is conducive to tornadoes I'm not gonna praise him on that one I, 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 I it's just it's the climate and you can rail against tornadoes all you want to and call and say they're from the devil and and they're from the pit and and yeah I guess probably true but but they exist because of climate and so climate is can be this great destabilizing if you will uh, force in our lives and what happens is is we expend all of our energy and all of our efforts and all of our time fighting storms and fighting trouble and fighting difficulties and if we would spend the same time and the same energy and the same efforts addressing and dealing with climate issues, the weather would change. And so I watch some of you that are still fighting the same battles that you were fighting when you were 14 and now you're 44. It's real quiet in here this morning. It's just the truth. It's just old battle, new version. Now it's pornography 3.0, and at 14 you were at pornography 1.0. Or it was anger 1.0, and now 20 years later it's anger 3.0. Same battle, same storm, but you have refused to deal with the climate that produces the storm, and you don't understand why there's no change. I'm already preaching, and, and, and y'all are being quiet, so I'm just going to move on. Last week, we dealt with some, some things that we saw in an account or an, an encounter that Jesus had. Jesus is approached by a synagogue leader because his daughter has died. 
Jesus goes to the synagogue leader's house. When he walks into the house, it's chaos. There are paid mourners. There are funeral dirges going on. There is absolute and utter pandemonium because of the weather. The weather is death. And Jesus taught us in that moment that there can never be climate change until first there's climate control. You know the story, Jesus instantly, he didn't hesitate, he was brutal, he was blunt. In one moment he cleans out the entire house and he takes control of the climate and because he took control of the climate, the climate changes and it produces climate change. I'm preaching right now that sometimes there are people in your life, climate change, climate control dictates dismissal. Some of you have people in your lives that have made a profession out of celebrating the death that you're walking through right now and there are people in your life that are trying to convince you stuff is dead when in reality it's only asleep but you can't hear Jesus say it's only asleep because the voices that fill the room of your life are saying it's dead. Your dreams are dead. Your marriage is dead. Your hope is dead. It's all over. It's never going to happen. There's never going to be any change and they speak that and until you take control of the climate and dismiss them, cut them off, kick them to the curb, you'll never have change. And so that's what he taught us last week. And I told you, I'm going to stay on this until we get it right, until we understand. So this morning, I want you to join me in John chapter 8. And then we're going to go to Mark chapter 4, two occasions where Jesus deals with climate again And we're going to talk about forecasts this morning. John chapter 8, beginning in verse 1, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple, and a crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. And as he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her, what do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him, but Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and he wrote in the dust, and when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? Verse 11, check this out. No, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. In a different version, verse 11. No one, Master. Neither do I, said Jesus. Go on your way. From now on, don't sin. Another version. Well, I don't condemn you either. All I ask is that you go and from now on avoid the sins that plague you. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 40. Late that that day, Jesus said to them, let's go across to the other side. They took him in the boat as he was and other boats came along. And a huge storm came up and waves poured into the boat, threatening to sink it. And Jesus was in the stern, head on a pillow, sleeping. They roused him, saying, Teacher, is it nothing to you that we're going down? Awake now. He told the wind to pipe down, and he said to the sea, Quiet, settle down. Check this out. 
The wind ran out of breath, and the sea became smooth as glass. Different version, verse 39. He got up, he rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. As I pondered these two accounts that take place in Jesus' life, I realize now that in the first account, the woman caught in the act of adultery, that what takes place is that we begin to get sidetracked and focused on things like mercy. And we focus on things like, what did Jesus write in the dust? I wish I knew what he wrote in the dust. I don't guess we'll ever know. I have my own ideas. But what did Jesus write in the dust? We, we focus on, on, on questions like this, like, where was the man? I mean, they caught her right smack dab in the middle of the act of adultery, so there had to be a man somewhere. We, we focus on things like judgment and hypocrisy and forgiveness. And the truth is this. This account speaks to all those things. But we get sidetracked and we miss that this account, this account also speaks to climate. In fact, it speaks to climate's ability to actually forecast for us. In the second account, I think what happens is that we've read this so many times in children's church. We know what Jesus was asleep in the boat and, and the whole scenario that what takes place is we get so focused and so mesmerized by the fact that Jesus had this ability to work so many miracles that we forget to watch the order in which he works, which speaks again to climate. Let me see if I can help you this morning. A couple lessons that you need to understand, not new, but you need to understand. And that is first this, the climate you allow or operate in forecasts your future. After being pulled out of the bed, most likely clutching nothing but a hastily grabbed sheet or robe, the Pharisees, the, the religious body of the day, drags this woman, shamed and red-faced, and stands her right before God and everybody. And then the tables get turned. Now, instead of her feeling the shame, her accusers, by, by Jesus' brilliant, brilliant answer, and response, but also by the harshness and the sharpness of his response, now she stands there all alone because everybody that were, was accusing her has dis disembarked and left because they were put in their place, and now Jesus is face to face with this woman who has been captured in an act of sin. And we read the statement that Jesus makes to this lady when he says, where are your accusers? They're all gone, Lord. And then he says, well, then neither do I condemn you. And we stop. And we begin to fixate on judgment. We shouldn't make judgment. We shouldn't be so harsh because none of us have thrown the stone. And we stop right there. And in fact, what we do is we stop short from probably what is the greatest lesson taught in this account and the one that speaks to us when Jesus in five simple words forecasts for this lady. When he says, go and sin no more. 
five words forecast for her what was going to take place if she didn't deal with and change the climate of her life. Jesus, I think, in essence, was saying this to this lady. Listen, I was here to rescue you this time, but if you don't deal with the climate of your life, and since these guys know who you are and where you were, what's going to take place is if you don't adjust and you don't address and you don't take control of your climate and deal with the climate of your life, what's going to happen is I'm going to exit stage right and you're going to go right back to the same situation. It may not be this man, but it'll be another man. And what will happen is you'll be in bed one day and suddenly they're going to bust in on you and because they were embarrassed because of what I said to them, when I'm not around... They're going to drag you out in the streets. And this time, although I was here the first time, this time I'm probably not going to be on the scene. And now you, what, what you've got to realize is you've missed being stoned. But now rocks and humiliation and shame are on the forecast of your life, on the landscape. This is what's going to happen to you in the future if you don't deal with your climate. Five simple words. Go. And sin no more. Listen, I just need to to, to help somebody this morning and say to you that if we were self-aware enough, we would understand that forecasting most of our lives is easy. Because most of us will not make the climate changes necessary to change what is a predictable and foreseeable future. I just need to encourage some of you this morning, what you need to do is you need to take a real good look at the radar because there is bad weather on the horizon, not because uh, the, the just for no reason at all, but because the climate of your life that you refuse to change and that you continue to operate in will continually produce that weather. But you have to understand that we can examine your life and you should be able to examine your life and come to a conclusion. If I don't adjust my climate, I can forecast. Let me see if I can get real plain with you this morning. See, I can forecast that many of you under the sound of my room, under the sound of my voice in this room are going to end up depressed again. I can forecast that for you. You know why? Because you won't deal with the climate and negativity that you surround yourself with. There are voices that are continually trying to drag you down and you love them too much. And there's such good friends on Facebook that I can't cut them off. And so since you continue to entertain the negativity, I can forecast for you that that climate will produce in you depression. It's, man, you are quiet today. I must be on something. I, 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 I can forecast that some of you are going to end up in trouble in your marriage because you won't address the attitudes or the actions that cause the strife and the pain that you continually live with. Even after multiple counseling sessions, even after going to retreats, even after sitting through seminars, you go right back to the same climate, and although the weather may change for a week or two, the forecast is this. You are going to have that same issue come back around because you won't shut your mouth. And the, 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 the nitpicking that you continue to do and the nagging that you continue to do and the anger that you continue to express and the bad habits that you, I, you won't quit watching TV when your wife says, let's go to bed, and, 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 and you got to stay up like six hours later, and so there's no... I'm, I'm preaching right now. We won't deal with it. And so 
three weeks after the marriage seminar, everything was peachy keen for three weeks, and then all of a sudden, storm clouds come in, and we go, well, I'm shocked. I w- I'm not. I can forecast that some of you will end up with the wrong person again. I knew this one wouldn't go over very very good. See, Because you keep going back to the wrong climate to try to find somebody. I don't understand why this doesn't ever work. Get out of the club. Because you shouldn't be surprised that when you... Because the climate said... The climate forecasts and predicts that he's never going to grow up to be the spiritual head of your house because of the climate that he was produced and found in. You need to examine the climate. The climate forecasts for you that he's not going to be God-fearing. He's not going to be spiritually minded. He's out in the club chasing me. And then you want to bring him home and hope it all changes. It's not going to happen. Not going. Most of the time it does not happen. The forecast is real. Well, Pastor, I want to quit fooling around. But you won't change the climate. You continue to spend long hours isolated with somebody with no bar- no boundaries, no accountability partners to be found anywhere, nobody checking in on you. It's just me and her. Jesus said, woman, go and sin no more. Why? Because if you are rescued and you go back to the same climate and the same environment, you won't change your climate. You will repeat your climate. I noticed something interesting. Maybe this doesn't interest you, but let me just indulge me just a moment. This is interesting to me. Jesus has this encounter with this woman, and he says to her, go and sin no more. And I started thinking about the other miracles that I'm familiar with that Jesus did, like Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, but Jesus didn't, after getting him out of the tomb and getting him unwrapped, he didn't look at Lazarus and say, well, go and sin no more. He didn't. I went back and looked at the, in an account where Jesus went to the pool and there's all the sick people laying around and there's a man there that's been lame for 38 years and he says to him, do you want to be healed? I don't have anybody to put me in the pool. Well, I'm here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to heal you. He doesn't say go and sin no more. But to this woman caught in adultery, he says go and sin no more. What's the difference? The difference is Jesus knew that Lazarus, the climate of original sin was going to dictate because the climate always dictates that Lazarus was going to die again. Can't get no help in here. And he didn't say to the man that he healed at the pool, go and sin no more, because he recognized that due to original sin, most likely in his lifetime he was going to deal with sickness again. But all of a sudden he comes into this encounter with this woman caught in the act of adultery and he says, go and sin no more. I think because he recognized that, it, that, it, that she had the ability and now had the power and now had the responsibility to change the climate, to control the climate, or she would end up right where she started. And I'm just telling some of you, But you need to understand that if you don't deal with the climate that you continue to operate in, the storm is going to come back around. We can forecast that. I can forecast that some of you are going to be just like this because you won't change the things in your life. Okay. 
See, some of you are absolutely freaking out about today's weather in your life. And the truth is, is that we could have probably avoided it if you would have just paid attention to the forecast. The second thing I recognize out of these accounts, and the second account in particular is this, is that waves are dependent on wind. Notice, if you will, that Jesus focused on the forecast. I want you to take special attention this morning. I want you to notice the order. Let me see if I can help you pay attention of the order. What was going to sink the boat? Waves. Am I right? I mean, the wind wasn't going to sink the boat. Uh, uh, It says that they were afraid because the waves were going to cause the boat to go down. So what we want Jesus to do is we want Jesus to deal with the waves. Deal with the waves in my life, Jesus. I need, I need you. That seems like the pressing issue, right? So, Jesus, come on, deal with my waves. Deal with my debt. Deal with my spouse. Deal with my kids. Deal with my job. Deal with my car. Deal with the waves because they're, they're, they're coming over the bow and they're about to sink my life. But Jesus knew that waves are dependent on wind. So he speaks to the wind first because he knew that the climate of the wind forecasts waves. That was good right there, and y'all missed it. Just sat there and stared at me. I'm telling you, Jesus understood that if the wind goes quiet, then there are no more waves to deal with. Here's the forecast. Waves of destruction will keep rolling into your life until you deal with the wind that is driving those waves. You might as well buckle up and you might as well man up and make the difficult decisions to speak to the climate and to address the climate because you've got to get at the root of what is causing the wild ride and deal with it because if you don't silence the climate, the waves will never stop. We want Jesus to deal with our waves but we won't let him deal with the winds and may I submit to you that the reason that is true is because many of us have grown very comfortable with what is causing us to capsize or in other words let me say it like this I don't like the waves I don't like fear I don't like my anger I don't like my hurt. I don't like my bondage. So I want Jesus to deal with all that stuff. But I am content with what's driving the waves. What are you saying, Pastor? This is what I'm saying. I, I, like, let, let me see if I can get to where you live. I don't like this, the cycle of being hungover on Saturday night. Or on su- Saturday morning. Well, some, for some of you, it may be Saturday night too. But I won't stay home on Friday. We, we want to we rail against the weather, but we won't deal with the climate. I, I, I don't like the cycle of my broken heart, but I won't deal with getting physical before I get married. I don't like the cycle of being broke, but I won't deal with the wind that's causing me to be broke, which is this. I shop, and I don't have any money to shop with, and I just keep buying stuff on credit. And then I don't like the wave because the wave is going to capsize me, and they keep trying to come and get my stuff, but I won't change the 
I don't like my anger, but I won't deal with my unforgiveness. And it's my unforgiveness that causes the wave of angers to sweep over me. In fact, I get mad at people that I'm not really even mad at. Have y'all ever done that? I like, like, I'm not really mad at her. I'm mad at somebody else, but I take it out on her. And then I'll go, well, where'd that come from? It came from the wind because I, de- I hadn't dealt with the unforgiveness in my life. And so then the wave rolls in and I can't get no help. I, I don't like chaos, but I won't deal with the climate, the wind that causes the chaos because I won't deal with focus and I won't get. Co- Listen, we have got, I'm going to stay on this until we get it. We have got to deal with and become committed to dealing with the wind if we want the waves to stop. If you don't address the wind, the forecast will never change. Waves will inevitably be a result of wind. And some of you are railing and crying and complaining about waves, but you won't let anybody deal with the wind. In fact, I want to submit to you that I I wish Jesus would stop my waves. But what I really need him to do is to cut off the wind. Catch this. And guess what? Jesus usually deals with our wind by sending people into our life who are able to forecast and have the ability to identify the wind. And our problem is is that we get mad at the people that Jesus has assigned to us to call us out on our wind, and we get angry when they won't stop our waves. That was good. I, I'm, I, y'all ain't amen me squat today, so I'm just going to have to amen myself, I guess. Maybe you're thinking. I hope, I hope you're thinking because, see, I see it happen all the time. I see people that are broke, busted, and disgusted, and they will come and ask for help with everything. And they're good as long as you deal with the waves. The waves is the bill I can't pay. The waves is the fact they're getting ready to cut this off. But then they get angry when we say, well, it it may be better if what we do is we help you with the wave and we'll push the wave back. But now let, let us help you. Let us train you in how to actually handle. Oh, and by the way, it starts with tithing. What? Are you nuts? I can't tithe. I can't even... Folks with broken hearts want their hearts healed, but then they get absolutely angry, physically and visibly angry when you balk at who they're about to go out with. I don't need your permission. I'm just trying to tell you storms are coming, baby. I've seen him. He's a bum. Can't hold a job. Living with mama, he's 38 years old, living with mama in her basement and plays Nintendo or PS whatever 16 hours a day. But you just go on out there now and then you come back and talk to me when the waves have rolled in and your heart's broken and get mad at me when I told you from the beginning, kick him to the curb, tell him to get a job, quit sleeping with him and tell him to put a ring on it. But you want to get mad at me. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm telling you, we've had that happen in this body where people get mad at me when I tell them they ain't for you. But they're cute in their jeans. Big deal. Give them 15 years and they won't be able to fit in those jeans. They weren't skinny jeans today. But eight years from now, they will be skinny jeans. And they were huskies when they bought them. 
But now, can't get no help. Folks want the blessings of Jesus, but they get absolutely livid when you try to convince them that being faithful in attendance and faithful in giving and faithful in serving are key components of that relationship. It's, the, it's speaking to the wind of your life. It, it is a climate change that stops the waves. And I'm concerned for so many of us because we want help with our waves, but we won't let anybody speak to our wind. Here's my question for you this morning, and then I'll get out of your way. Who do you have that can step into your climate and not just speak to the storms, not just deal with your waves? Who do you have in your life that can step into your climate and speak to your wind? You may think that you need a wave stopper, but this morning I want to tell you that what would do most of us the most good is we need somebody that can step into our life and stop the wind. You need somebody in your life. Listen to me. I know this can be abused. I'm not talking about that. Y'all know we're not freaky around here. I'm not, we're never going to get to the place where the pastor has the authority to stand up and say, okay, on Monday morning, don't you dare wear pink clothes. All of you wear blue clothes. And not only that, I need you to divorce the person you're married to now and marry her because I know she's married to somebody else, but don't worry, I, I got a word from the Lord. Divorce her. We're never going to get there. So I know it can be abused. That's not what I'm talking about. And I'm not even saying I'm your person. I'm just saying you need somebody in your life that can look at you and say, go home and stop doing this, and you obey, even if you are comfortable with the wind. Because you recognize that God has placed them in your life to forecast for you, and you recognize that if you obey and you stop doing what they say to stop doing, the waves will quit rolling in. See, here's the truth. Jesus is the wind stopper, but we've been satisfied with relegating him to wave stopper because we don't want him messing with our climate. So when he assigns people to, to speak for him, like, go home and quit watching the stupid soap opera because the forecast is your life turns into one. Well, that was good. I don't even have that in my notes. That was good. I don't know. Tweet that. Kim, would you tweet that this week? Seriously now. But we don't want anybody dealing with that stuff. Some of, some of you men have issues with how you view women. We could probably forecast it by what you listen to. And, and y'all say, well, he's talking about rap music. No, I'm not. I'm talking about any music. Like, my wife and my dog left home. I wish my dog would come back. That, that influences how you think about women. <laughs> no, that's not original. I've heard that song. <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm on something. I'm on something in my own life. I'm on something in your life. I'm telling you, I have watched. We've been in existence now seven years, and I have watched some of you, and the waves keep coming back, keep coming back. 
keep coming back. Some of you are good for three months. Some of you are good for six months. Some of you are good for a year and a half. But it's inevitable. I know it's coming. I could sit down with many of you right now and tell you what's about to happen. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be next week. It may not even be this year. But I can tell you, if, if you don't go home and stop, I'm reminded of a great definition, insanity. Doing the same thing the same way and expecting a different result. Insanity. But Jesus stopped my waves. Come on, Jesus, the waves are flowing. My boat's about to go under Jesus. And Jesus goes, wind, be still. And lo and behold, when he stops the wind, then the Bible says the waves calm in both instances Jesus deals with the weather he does but he doesn't stop there and I'm asking you not to let him stop there in your life either he always deals with the climate and my prayer for you this morning is simply this. You will allow him to send somebody into your life that can forecast. And you'll listen. And make the changes. That you'll go and do whatever no more. And I promise you. That if you can get to the wind. You won't have to deal with the waves. I promise you. I promise you. Is it fun? No. We tell everybody that comes to us and says, we need help with our finances, and we, we do the Financial Peace University, or we talk to them about it. We always say, it's not fun. It's painful to sit down and write out what we're actually spending. But it gets to the climate, and it stops the waves. It's no fun for you to come and sit in my office and say, I need to talk to you about the relationship and we, we can't get along and we, we, we're angry with one another and we look at you and say, you got to let that thing go, that thing y'all been fighting over for 10 years. But, but I don't want to let it go. He did that. I know he did it. I know she did it. But we got to deal with climate. It's no fun looking at you as busy as you are saying you need to be in church every week. We don't understand. I'm busy. Don't even. We make time for everything we want to make time for. I'm done. Father, we need your help. God, I could stand up here this morning and I could name waves that are approaching. And we know if they hit, they will capsize our boat. And so that grabs our attention and our focus. It's the moment that we get caught up in. God, I'm praying this morning that you would take us as individuals and you would take us as a body beyond the moment and we would look to the climate 
and we would listen to your voice, whether it's straight from you or from somebody you send. And when they examine the climate of our lives and they look at us say, go and stop. Go and don't do this anymore. As comfortable as we become with the climate, I pray that we would take matters in hand and we would change whatever we need to change. Our freedom is dependent on our willingness to adjust climates. God, I've, I've, I've called a bunch of things out this morning. The truth is, is that there are individuals here this morning that I don't know the waves that are rolling over the edge of their boat right now. So maybe I didn't hit on it. But I pray this morning that somehow, someway, you would allow your Holy Spirit to speak not to the wave, but first to the wind. And you would pinpoint and identify what we could change that would cause the seas to grow smooth in our life again. And I pray that we would have the guts to go stand with me this morning if you're here this morning and you would say Steve I feel like my boat is being swamped and I literally feel like I'm about to go down and I don't I don't know what to do. And I need help. But I don't want to go through this again, so I need Jesus to speak to the wind so that this wave stops. If that's you, hey, no embarrassment. We've all been there. Some of us are there right now. And I need Jesus. Would you just get that hand up quickly and hold it up? Keep it up. Yeah, there's hands going up. Honest people saying we, that, that yeah, keep it up. I, I need the wind to stop. I want you to look around you. There are some folks that have their hands up. But let me say this as well. There are some folks that don't have their hands up that you're going to sense the Holy Spirit leading you to. Just for the next few minutes, we don't have a ton of time here, but we will take time. I want you to move out, step out, and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. I, I definitely want somebody praying for every person that has their hand up, but there are some people around you that they don't have their hand up, and God is going to assign to them to you, and they're going to be people that God is going to say to you, speak to the wind, speak to the wind you got to obey. Would you step out and move quickly? Move, 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 move. As they sing, would you move, move, move?
It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.